Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's a series-clinching playoff post-game edition of Spits and Suds on 105 through the Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle. He is Sean Shapiro. We are the objective podcast. I love that. <laughs> Someone tweeted out, it's like, what I like about you guys is your objective. You basically see it and say it. You know, you don't really have a cheerleader. I'm like, thanks. That's great. <laughs> and I say that to say, Sean, were your hockey eyes the same as mine tonight, where I am about to say the following. Thank you, Ryan Suter. Heck of a game tonight. Uh, he was w- good tonight. Wiley veteran, uh, made some really key plays. You know, say what you will. His job was Kaprizov, Kaprizov, whatever we want to call him. <laughs> he was limited. Um, and I just thought, you know, we've been dogging him all year. And candidly, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And tonight, I just thought he shined, ate up a lot of minutes, and played very well for our Dallas Stars. Yeah, he uh, he was very good tonight. He was very good tonight. He uh, he had I got my notes here. There was the he had a pretty good. It was the the breakup of a chance in yeah where he came across the, the first stick. But yeah. Yeah, then he he had a couple other good reads on plays. Like he he was very good tonight. He was and he was objectively good over I mean this series. He was objectively good. He did his job. Um it'd be very interesting the the, the reception he got in Minnesota was definitely a, a fun part, a fun yeah. fun subplot of everything with his time spent there and everything and um no, he you gotta give you gotta give credit where it's due. Ryan Suter was was good this series. He did his job very well. And it's the great thing about playoff hockey, Gavin. One of the great, great things about playoff hockey. There's no contracts. I mean, there's contracts, but there's no salary cap. Yeah. What a guy's what a guy's making versus what a guy's not making or whatever. It doesn't matter. 
it's so much easier to just it's it's so much easier to isolate player from contract in the playoffs it's just you can you can do that and it's a really it's a nice reprieve because in the regular season it's hard not to look at the contract it's hard not to do that but you get to the postseason and everyone's paid the same and it's you're like yeah he did a pretty damn good job this series he he was he I was honestly a little bit worried about him, him, him and Heshkinen as, as him kind of potentially not being able to keep pace and everything like that and proved me wrong that way. And I, I thought it would have been pretty funny if he had scored the empty netter at the end, just to close it out, because that would have been, you would talk about a, a reception in Minnesota. That would have been something. Yeah. It's pretty amazing when you look at the final stats of this series and Kirill of the thrill, Zuccarello and Baldy were basically ineffective throughout the whole series. I mean, I think Boldy got a lot of shots on net, but, I mean, these guys just could not put it in the back of the net. Boldy, yeah, like, I don't even know. Like, Boldy was really good to me throughout this series. I thought so, too. Finish. He was <laughs> really good, just couldn't finish. Um, there's a couple, like, they, there's a couple, like, players in this series, though, who had their who just like kind of disappeared after the first, like for example, uh, Brock Faber, I thought he was good, yeah. but I thought the series, I thought he was good at the start of the series, but then kind of third P reappeared in the third period tonight when Minnesota was trying to press in the third period. But yeah. like before that, I was like, he kind of disappeared after game two ish. And yep. then, um, definitely even- think, uh, Goudreau was good this series for them. He was good. Yeah, he was good. He's a good player. Now, the issue with Frederick Goudreau is he's the issue with Frederick Goudreau is not a Frederick Goudreau issue. The Frederick Goudreau issue is he plays such a large role on the wild. Frederick Goudreau is the type of guy who if you win a Stanley Cup, like Frederick Goudreau is that like third line center. Mm -hmm. The issue is he had to play. He had to play a top six center role for them. And that's 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 above what he should be. And I think that's the issue with with the what's one of the biggest issues with the wild. I mean, they are a team who they knew the only way they were going to win this series was by drawing Dallas into the fight in other ways. And they may have gotten Dallas into it a little bit in the first four games, not even the first three and a half games, maybe. And then it just last two games, the stars just decided we're just faster we're just going to skate around you. And I, it was the type of thing that is going to be a really good lesson of focusing on playing your own game and doing all of that because that's what you're going to have to do in the next round. I thought, Gavin, I thought tonight, the other one that I, the other one, and I mentioned him already, but I want to talk more about him just because he's going to, he has been, Evgeny Dadanov has been, yeah, incredibly good, and he had another great. Even the the assist with he had the assist to Wyatt Johnson, which we talked about already. But just when the Stars struggled this series, when they kind of would get their game back on, it would start with these little. It would start with clean entries. It would start with a winger taking the puck down, curling back allowing the the rest of the team group and, and dad and all was one of the stars best players at doing that. Just bringing the puck into the zone, bringing get setting the table for other guys to get into the play. He was so good this series. And like, I remember I tweeted this during the game and like, he's a guy who 
I don't know what the long-term plan is, but he's someone who you talk about seizing opportunity, not just in Dallas, but in general for his career. We hear all about how weak this free agency class is. He's a free agent this summer. He's, he's, he's doing himself a lot of favors right now. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I'm fascinated to see yeah. Sean. This is his third time playing for Pete DeBoer, Florida yep. and Vegas. Veteran player. I think he's 34. Yep. Um, will he say to himself, clearly my best years are when I'm with Pete DeBoer and I'm with Jamie Benn and Wyatt Johnston on the line, and clearly I'm playing great hockey. I, you know, I'm just fascinated if he'll take a discount to stay here. Or if it's just get the contract, like you said, in a week free agent class. I mean, that's a June conversation. However, oh, that's, that's, you know, yeah. I'm just watching him in the corners. Uh, I'm just, you know, just just his spacing is tremendous. That whole line, it's just when they're on the ice, it, it's almost like it's almost a mini version of the first line where you know that they can explode at any time. And you just feel really good when that line's on the ice. Yeah. I, and it's, it's one where you, you look at it as you're building for next year. You're like, okay, I want to keep this line together. I want Ben Johnston down and off together. I want, I have my top line. I know of already with a healthy, in theory, a healthy Pavelski coming back. And then you, you have this, you have, it's, it's a good group. So I, I really like what that, like when, when they, when they traded for dad and off, I, I thought, I thought it was a nice addition, but I didn't, I thought it was going to be nothing more than a short term thing. Um, Now Domi obviously was much better tonight, but Mm -hmm. he's, he's proven uh, if you're picking between him and Domi, you'd obviously pick dad and right now. So I, uh, he, he was good tonight. I really liked, I I really liked the way um, it was fitting because he was plus three tonight. It was, I really liked the way Thomas Harley's growth went this series. I liked the way, he st- I liked the way he played the game. I liked the way he acted in transition. He almost had his first career goal back in game four when he had the little nice little zone entry from Ben and hit the post. Um, and I just love the way um, so often we talk about and we talk about like one of the reasons Minnesota goes and gets a guy like Ryan Reeves is because they need somebody to stand up when the Matt Boldies and the Matt Zuccarellas of the world get pushed around. And I love the way that Thomas Harley kind of has that swagger about stepping up and being willing to get into that skirmish to be that physical presence when he doesn't in in a way that is appropriate for today's game. He could never be that. He's not that enforcer, like, Mm -hmm. but in today's game, Thomas Harley does a really good job of doing that. There was a, he had a pretty good, there was a, I believe it was the second second period. He had a pretty good clean hip check on Matt Dumba right after a zone entry. He was I really liked seeing his growth to this tonight and uh in, in this series. And it's they've got they've got a good one in him. And he's gonna keep he's gonna keep keep growing too. I actually thought Yanni Hockenpah played his best game of the series tonight as well. Um, that's fair. Yeah, that that's fair. I mean it's he was uh yeah, that would be that would be for him. I thought Hockenpah took a real turn for me after game four. Um and he was I, I yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. I'd have to go th- I'd have yeah. to go 
look at side by side five or six for him, but he was, yeah, he was, he took a nice turn in this series too. Um, Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus so the best part too, Sean, is Joe Pavelski gets more rest, mm-hmm. and be interesting to see if he enters the lineup in Game One. I'm, I'm guessing it's just a question of if you, if you're skating with the team. Granted, you're still wearing the blue sweater at practice, but if you're skating with the team, if you're traveling with the team, one would think that you're just steps away. Yeah, I, I believe he is. It's. I think it's. Now it's a concussion. You want to make sure everything's right and everything like that. But I would think that the fact they put him on the team plane to me tells me he's real close. Um, that and I would think that there's. I would think especially with the extra time now, because um, he will be Monday. Will be two weeks now since he left the the game game one. And so if we assume game one of the next series is Wednesday, Thursday, just mm-hmm. picking day, picking days out of a hat. Obviously this is so contingent on what happens between Colorado and Seattle because the stars don't know if they're going on the road to start the series or if they're going home, they're going to start at home. Um, I would imagine Joe Pavelski will be back in and he comes back and he adds to a strength that, one of the things that I think if this stars team is going to go deep and one of the reasons they won this series. And one of the reasons that the stars kill teams on faceoffs. And I know, I, I, I know there's other parts of the game and everything like that, but I, I truly believe that there is a, when it comes to this year's playoffs, when it comes to how tight things are, the micro details of the face-off circle are playing such a bigger role. And when you have the best team in the league at that right now, and you get back one of the best and you get back a center who won a pretty considerable percentage this year, the stars just become an even better matchup. And you know what? Seattle and Colorado are both bad at face-offs. They're yep. not good face-offs teams. Like, Surprisingly so. The Colorado so- Avalanche scored the last three goals in the game. They defeat the Seattle Kraken. Four to game one, seven. game seven on Sunday. You know, if I'm a Seattle fan too, I just look back at that one game suspension of McCarr and say, oh, you know, yeah. it could have been two at least. <laughs> you know, if, if that's it's, someone else in this league, that's probably a multi. You know, I just, I mean, granted, yeah. it probably was a late whistle. I, You know, I mean, I've watched it so many times and, 
<sighs> the fact Michael Bunting got three games. Like I, I know. Like I just to me, I, to me that was a that was Kale McCarr getting superstar treatment on the suspension, and that's not where you want superstar treatment to come into play. I'm so I I, I didn't like that. I mean, now on the flip side, as a hockey fan, man, Gavin, on uh, on Sunday we've got two game sevens back to back. We've got the best team best regular season team in NHL history playing with its season on the line against Florida. Yep. Followed by the defending cup champions with their season on the line. Like, I mean, that's a, that's an awesome game yeah. seven lineup for Sunday. Like I don't think I'm moving from the couch. No, nah, so. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It is absolutely so. a, a, a beautiful thing. So for stars fans, Sean, who are we rooting for? I'm going to say Seattle based on, the way the stars matched up with them, and I know it's the regular season, mm-hmm. but I thought the stars matched up with them very well this year. And I don't want to play a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, I and I, I look at, I, I would definitely if you could pick your opponent, and that's a dangerous thing, right? But I would, you would definitely, uh, you would want to play Seattle. Just at the end of the day, it's plus I get the extra home game. Extra, extra, extra. You get, you get home ice. Um, and then the other thing that what did we see about this series, this Minnesota series that really was a difference maker? It was the center depth when Ryan Hartman is the number one center. And this is nothing against Matty Beneers. I think Matty Beneers is a tremendous, tremendous future superstar in this league. But it's the center depth Dallas against Colorado. They they match up. They start to match up even with even with uh, even if with Landeskog not playing this postseason, there is a. There's still Colorado still poses threats down the middle that Seattle does not. And I, uh, so if you're picking your opponent, you're, you're picking, you're picking Seattle. Now they both pose their own challenges. They both pose different things. Um, they both have fun storylines attached to them, but give me, uh, I, I would pick Seattle. You once you also have the, if it's Seattle, you once again you get that home ice, and it's it's something that you kind of you're working on your collision course, likely to play Vegas two rounds mm-hmm. from now, mm-hmm. and you want every advantage possible to get there, and you don't overlook Seattle, you don't overlook anyone, but at the end of the day, the goal is to win a Stanley Cup, and you have a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup if you play the Kraken as opposed to the Avalanche. And regardless, Stars fans, one thing Colorado and Seattle have in common, they are more toward the left coast. So therefore, these 8.30 starts slash 8.50 starts will continue, I'm sure. Uh, would be Hopefully. Uh, we'll definitely yeah, get the late will. game, right? Definitely be the late game, but hopefully the, the earlier late the- game. Hopefully the Dallas start time is a little bit more friendly. Yeah, I mean now the road the road game the road game I got I got no luck for you on that the 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 road games in that series sure. are going to be are going to be rough. But the hopefully the game in Dallas sets up well enough where because we'll be at the spot right now where we were at you were at eight series right you do eight series uh, uh, four across each and so like night like tonight you had two games, uh, TBS and or like the national TV, right? There was games on TBS and TNT. So hopefully, 
hopefully you get a setup <laughs> you get a setup where it can be it could be something like hey the east coast game could be starting at 7 eastern and you know what you could still on espn or whatever and then you could start the west coast game in dallas at at 7 central just on espn too like so i that's the dream the dream is the hope the dream is the hope that now that we have the now that there's no longer four games a night that you get the benefit of the national TV schedule opening up a little bit and networks being like, Hey, we want two primetime East coast games. That's the dream. You're hoping TV producers are on your side. Absolutely. 